0: Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number 10, where I'm going to share why I am so obsessed with habits and habit formation, and why I think you should become obsessed with it too. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast, and I want to thank those of you who have already subscribed, and especially those who have left a review for the podcast. All right, let's get started with our topic today. Hey there, friends. My name is Jenna Waite. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, mother of five, Someone who's passionate about helping others find true health in the midst of diet culture and body objectification. Join me as we take our focus off of weight and body size and put it on to becoming the healthiest possible versions of ourselves so that we can have energy to live our best lives. I'm so excited you're here. Now let's dive in. Hello, how is everybody doing today? I'm doing well, although I'm a little bit somber today. Um, I'm recording this about a week before it will air, and we just heard the news about Russia invading Ukraine yesterday, so my heart's a bit heavy as I think about those poor people and the possible implications of this war. I'm not sure what will be going on in a week when this podcast airs, but I truly hope that things can end quickly and with as few casualties as possible. But despite my somber mood, I am excited to talk to you today about my passion for and slight obsession with habits, kind of where it came from, where it's led me and how habit formation and behavior design can help you in your life. So I want to start by sharing a story that happened a few years ago. I have three amazing little sisters, and the youngest of whom is Kim. Hi, Kim. I know she listens to this podcast. Kim is an incredible person. She also happens to be an incredible dietitian. And at one point, Kim and her husband, Dallin, ended up living in our basement for a little while so that they could pay off some student loans and save up for a house. We absolutely loved having them here. And one day, Kim came upstairs munching on a full-sized carrot. And when I saw her, I had the brief thought, hmm, I remember when I used to love eating carrots like that. I wonder when and why I stopped doing that. Then I went on with my life and didn't think anything else about that small, seemingly insignificant moment. But a few months later, I was trying to figure out the best way to work on improving my health. And that moment popped back into my head. And I started contemplating other small, healthy habits that I might have once had that I stopped doing, either intentionally or unintentionally, like with the carrots. So that Christmas, I asked for a book on creating habits. And after reading it, I realized that habit formation is where I wanted to put my focus. So I bought and read every book on habits that I could find. I really dove into this topic of habits. And once I learned that I could essentially design any behavior I wanted and then use the science of habit formation to implement that behavior into my life and have that behavior eventually run on autopilot? The only way to describe it was truly life-changing. I'm not saying that it's always easy to design and implement a habit, although if you use the right strategies, it's often much easier than you might think it would be. But it makes improving your health and living the healthiest life possible so, so, so much easier in the long run. So let's talk about why habits are important. The purpose of habits is to solve problems in life with as little energy as possible. Can you imagine a life without habits? If we had to think clearly about every each and every task that we did every day and couldn't rely on autopilot for some of them to run. In fact, research shows that about 40% of what we do every day is actually habit. That is a huge chunk of our day. And it's, it's essential for our brains to have these habits because it helps prevent them from overwhelm and from decision fatigue. We have only a certain amount of energy that we can use towards making decisions every day. And if we had to sit and make decisions about every single action we were going to take, then we would be exhausted by noon. Habits are great because we don't need to think about them. We don't need to sit and contemplate whether or not we'll do them. We just do them. Habits actually use something, an area in our brain called the basal ganglia, as opposed to relying on the prefrontal cortex, which is our higher thinking part of our brain. And the prefrontal cortex uses a lot of energy. Another thing I love about habits are that they're emotionless. You don't have to feel a certain way to do them. They don't require willpower. Again, they just happen without you even really putting much effort into them. Some of our habits are completely subconscious. We aren't at all aware that we're doing them, but many of them show up in the form of routines in your life. And we have some level of awareness that we're doing an action or routine, but the entire routine or at least parts of the routine are done without really thinking about it. This is called chunking when the brain converts a sequence of actions into an automatic routine. In his book, The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg gives the example of backing your car out of the driveway. Think of how many little steps that actually takes. You need to open your garage door, get in the car, turn it on, put on your seatbelt, put your foot on the pedal, look in the mirror, put the car in reverse, raise your foot off the pedal, turn the wheel. There are lots of little steps that go into this, but we just kind of do it. We might be somewhat aware that we're doing parts of it, but Our brain just knows what to do. And so we don't have to think about each individual step like we did maybe when we were first learning how to drive. So another example is my exercise habit is a string of several habits. I put my workout clothes on right after getting up. That's just a habit. I usually don't even think about that. Then I go down to my basement with my shoes and my phone and my Kindle because I like to listen to podcast episodes on my phone. And I like to watch Pilates YouTube videos on my Kindle Then I fill up my water bottles, I put on my shoes, I do a few stretches, I walk on the treadmill for five minutes to warm up. And then I do about 15 to 20 minutes of aerobic exercise and five to 10 minutes of strength training, usually a quick Pilates workout. And the whole routine takes about 30 to 40 minutes. It's just so automatic, I hardly have to think about each step. And I never have to contemplate or go back and forth on whether I'm going to work out today or not. I do take Sundays off and sometimes one other day during the week. And on Saturdays, I replace my workout with a long walk around my neighborhood. But this morning routine is just part of my day. It's just a habit. It's something I do. I hardly even think about it. And it's, it's something that has really served me and my health. And it's a routine that I really enjoy. So I'm not a betting woman. But if I were, I'd be willing to bet that most anybody you talk to that has great health and plenty of energy each day, has a number of habits and routines just built into their day that they don't have to plan or think about. They just do them. But I'd also be willing to bet that nearly everyone has room for improvement and could incorporate even more healthy habits into their life. I have some really solid healthy habits established, like my exercise habit and a healthy breakfast habit, but there are other ones that I'm still working on, like getting outside more often, being more consistent with a morning dinner prep habit that helps me get dinner on the table a lot easier at night. So I'm constantly looking for new habits, new routines to incorporate into my life to make getting healthy even easier. Habits can also be a double-edged sword. They can work for or against you. They are great when they're working in our favor and helping us get closer to our goals in life and with our health, but they really stink when they're moving us further away from those goals. Most of us have a number of habits that are helping with our health and a number of ones that are actually harming it. There are some techniques that you can use to try and break bad habits, but I've personally found it to be much more effective to focus, at least initially, on the habits that you want to add to your life instead. Creating habits is usually easier than breaking or eliminating habits. And oftentimes you'll find that the unwanted habits just tend to kind of get crowded out by the new ones and they end up dying on their own. So that's why I generally like to focus on habit formation rather than habit breaking. So how do we form new habits? Our brains are being shaped and molded and changed every day. This is called neuroplasticity. Our habits are also molded and shaped and change as we age and go through life. And this is great because it, it means it is absolutely possible to create new habits. Because we're often only vaguely aware of performing our habits, the first step to changing them is to start by becoming aware of them. Then we can pinpoint which new habits we want to create. We need to get really specific here and which ones we want to replace or crowd out. Then we need to take a look at the habit loop. This is, you can kind of visualize it in a circle. It starts with a cue or a prompt, sometimes called a trigger. And then that leads to a response or a habit or a routine. And then that leads to a reward or some sort of relief. And then because of that reward or relief we felt, then the next time we encounter that cue or trigger, Then that leads to the response, the relief, and the circle goes around and round. This is the loop. James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, added a fourth possible step to the loop, which is the craving. So in between the cue and the response, he put craving. This makes you want to do something after encountering the cue, which then leads to the response. So let's look at each of these steps individually. First, we have our cue or our prompt. Habits are strongly influenced by our surroundings and our circumstances. We tend to perform the same actions in the same contexts. And this is because of the cues surrounding us or that context. A cue could be a certain time of the day, an, an alarm going off, a smell, another person. can could be something that you see, maybe a thought or a feeling that you have. It could be another habit that leads to the next habit. Any number of things can prompt a habit. So when we're trying to create a new habit, we need to be very specific about what trigger is going to lead us to our desired habit. And initially, this needs to be planned. We need to have some sort of an alarm, something we see, something that happens in our environment that prompts us to take the action that we want to do. So next, if we insert James Clear's craving in here, this usually comes up automatically after the cue when we have an established habit. But when we're trying to form new habits, we can be really intentional here. What do we want to think and feel after we encounter that trigger? You can go back and listen to last week's episode if you want to learn more about thoughts and feelings. But what's going to most likely lead us to the response or habit that we want? Do we want to feel excited, maybe proud, determined, happy, peaceful? What kind of thoughts are going to get us the desired feelings? We can think, nice job remembering to do this, or I'm so happy this is going to bring me better health, or even you've got this. So trying to insert something like that that will help with a craving in between the cue and the habit can be really helpful. And then we've got our response or our habit. This is the behavior that will hopefully lead you to better health. Now, obviously, there are a whole number of these that you could choose from. I like choosing a category first, such as eating more vegetables or getting better sleep, maybe drinking more water, eating more mindfully. And then I like to pinpoint a really specific behavior. Well, I like to pinpoint lots of them and then choose amongst those which ones I'm most likely to do. But eventually you're going to choose a specific behavior that will help you reach that broader goal. So some specific actions might look like eating a banana with breakfast each morning or turning off your phone by 930 at night. uh, Getting a big drink of water right after you wake up or maybe turning off the TV while you eat so that you can pay more attention to your food. These are specific actionable habits that you can implement into your life after getting a certain prompt. At this point, I wouldn't try to create a whole routine, or if you do, make sure it's a really small, simple one. It's generally best to start really small, and then you can build from there. Oftentimes, I like to start with choosing the habit first, and then kind of thinking back at what cue or trigger can help bring that. You don't have to start with the cue. You can start with the behavior that you want. And then you need to decide what kind of reward or relief you're going to offer your brain to help close the loop. How are you going to train your brain to recognize that this is an action you want to keep doing? You need to give it a reward. This can be as simple as having another go-to thought like great job or giving yourself a fist pump uh, many habits have natural rewards, like being able to really savor and, and enjoy that banana in the morning as you eat it. Um, if you really like bananas, it's kind of a natural reward. In time, the reward might just become the relief your brain gets from completing the habit loop. But again, when you're trying to create a new habit, you need to help create the reward until that response becomes automatic. I often say you know that you've created a habit in your life if it feels like something is kind of off or missing or unsettling if you don't do the habit. And this is because your brain is missing this reward or relief that it's used to getting after performing the habit after you get a certain prompt. One of the tough things about creating habits that improve our health is that the benefits, the natural benefits, aren't often seen right away, or they might not even be seen at all. We can't really see our heart getting stronger or our blood pressure dropping. That's why it's so important to create some sort of immediate reward that is a little more tangible. There's actually an interesting story about the history of toothpaste. I guess when it was originally invented, They knew that it helped improve dental hygiene and that it helped prevent cavities, but nobody was using it. Nobody was buying it. And eventually they decided to make the minty, fresh taste that we all kind of associate with toothpaste now. That wasn't originally part of toothpaste, but they realized that people needed that reward in order to make brushing their teeth become a habit. So that is kind of the reward of brushing your teeth, right? Your mouth feels cleaner, even though the mint part has nothing to do with the actual cleanliness of it. That just helps our brains kind of close that loop and think, oh, now my mouth feels refreshed and clean. So that's just kind of a fun example of how an industry used this habit loop to help people get into the habit of brushing their teeth, which obviously benefited them because we buy toothpaste to brush our teeth. So how long does it take to form a habit? Habit can take anywhere from even a couple of weeks to over a year to become established. It really depends on the person, it depends on the habit, and it depends on the frequency of doing the habit. So, in general, I think they say about two months is kind of the agreed upon amount of time that it takes to establish a habit. But just know it can come a lot quicker, it can take a lot longer. There's no real set amount of time. Also remember that the longer and more often you've been doing a certain habit or routine in the past, the deeper that is ingrained into your neural pathways. And the harder it's going to be to get your brain to follow a new neural pathway if you're trying to replace a habit. I like to sometimes use the example of a hiking trail when thinking of this. Let's say you're hiking and you're hiking through this big field of tall grass, And there's one path where the grass is just flat down. It's a really clear path. It's really easy to walk through. You don't have a lot of um, sticks or anything poking out and hitting you as you walk. And then there's this other path that is, you can tell maybe one or two people have walked down it, but a lot of stuff is sticking into the middle. The grass is still sticking up in a lot of areas. Which path are you naturally going to want to take? probably going to want to take the more well-established one. And that's kind of like our brains. It wants to go down the path that's just more established. It's easier to get down. There's fewer obstacles. It's going to take a little more effort to send it down that second path that isn't quite as easy to go down. But the more and more we go down that second path, then it's going to become well-worn And if we stop using the other path altogether, it might start getting overgrown with some grass and it might become harder than the second path to go down eventually. And so this, again, it's like your brain, it's going to want to naturally go down the easier path. And first we have to do some trailblazing, but once we've done that, and once we've cleared out that path and made it easier for our brains, then it's going to choose that one instead of the other one. So it just takes some time. Don't get discouraged if you're trying to replace an old habit with a new one and find yourself going down the more well-worn path once in a while. Expect that you're going to automatically revert back to the original habit until the new one becomes more ingrained than the old one. Just keep in mind that each time you repeat an action, you're activating the neural pathways associated with that habit and you're deepening those pathways and you're strengthening the habit. All right, as we finish up here, I want to point out one important thing. Habits can be either behavior-related or they can be thought-related. I think it is equally important to form new behavioral habits as well as new thought habits. Again, listen to last week's episode about thoughts. But these usually go hand-in-hand to me. If I'm trying to create a new exercise habit, you better believe that there are a whole lot of thoughts that are going to come up when I'm trying to form that habit. So I find it's best to work on behavior and thought habits at the same time. Just remember, do not let your mind run on default. You need to intentionally choose thoughts along with the behaviors that are going to bring you closer to your health goals, and then work hard to turn those thoughts as well into habits. So as you go through this week, just start paying closer attention to your health habits and routines, or lack thereof, throughout the week. Maybe take a day or two and jot down what you did after every hour and make a note of those things that helped bring you closer to your health goals and those things that took you in the opposite direction. Remember, it's much more effective to make a few small habit changes at a time rather than large drastic ones. So don't go crazy here. Don't try to overhaul all of your bad habits and implement 10 new habits this week. Just start small and grow from there. Being intentional with your behavior design is such a powerful tool and gift that you can give yourself. I highly recommend you take some time to build more healthy habits into your life. I promise the dividends on any effort that it takes to establish a habit will be well, well worth it in the long run. And as always, I'm here to help if you'd like. I have identified a number of different habit aids to help make forming new habits as quick and easy as possible that I teach inside my course, Help Through Habits. So thank you so much for listening this week. Good luck on creating some new healthy habits in your life, and I will talk to you soon. Do you want to ditch diets and eat more intuitively, but you're just not sure how? Well, I have a course designed just for you. Help Through Habits is where intuitive eating meets habit formation. It's a step-by-step guide for turning the principles of intuitive eating into doable, sustainable habits in your life so you can become the healthiest possible version of yourself. This is where the magic happens, my friends. This is how true health is achieved. You're not going to want to miss out on this life-changing course, so head on over to HealthThroughHabits.com to check it out.